Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Great Detectives. If you're enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis using the Zelle app. Just send a box13 at greatdetectives.net. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And I want to thank Doug coming on board at the master detective level of $15 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Doug. Now let's get into this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. And this episode actually breaks that long streak where 59 of 62 episodes were missing. And uh, of the first 128 episodes of Dangerous Assignment, Only 65 or just more than half are in circulation. Uh, This episode actually begins a streak of 33 straight weeks where we have the circulating episode. And then there are two lost episodes. And then we also have the final three episodes of the series. Now it's time for this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. The original air date, October the 8th. 1952, and the title is The Underground Press. Dangerous Assignment, transcribed starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to teach me that you can sometimes find your only chance dangling from the end of a rope. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Steve, I want you to go out and get me a newspaper. What's the matter? The delivery boy forget to toss one on your front porch this morning? It would have been a long toss all the way from Vienna. Austria? Yes, the newspaper I want you to go pick up for me is an edition of the Österreich Courier. Wait a minute. Don't tell me I have to go all the way to Austria. Exactly. Okay, what's it all about, Commissioner? Our contacts, members of the underground behind the Iron Curtain, have picked up some vital information for us, Steve. Information regarding the activities of certain foreign agents operating in the United States. How does the newspaper fit in? That's how the information is to be relayed to us, along with photographs of the agents themselves. What? Oh, now, wait a minute. Hey, I think I get it. I pick up a dummy copy. It's made to look like the regular edition. Right. And the info we want is printed up in the form of news articles on the inside pages? Exactly. It's a very special edition, Steve, put out by the underground press. It's a system they've used for the last year now. It's one place the authorities wouldn't think of looking. Very neat. Where do I pick up this copy? You'll check with a waiter named Zeigler at a cafe called the Black Eagle. He'll tell you how and where to contact the man who's carrying the newspaper. Okay, Commissioner. Get going, Steve, and be careful. Get that information. It's vitally important to us. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. 
National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. Now, let me take a moment to remind you about Thursday's wonderful programs on the NBC Radio Network. Each Thursday evening, Roy Rogers brings you another exciting adventure from the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley. And on Roy's great show, you'll also hear songs by Dale Evans and the Whippoorwills. So make it a date for Western Song and Adventure every Thursday evening on the Roy Rogers Show. Immediately following Roy's fine program, hear five minutes of the latest news. And then stay tuned for Robert Young and Father Knows Best. As Jim Anderson, Robert Young portrays a lovable, laughable character that you're sure to enjoy. So be sure to join him this Thursday and every Thursday on the NBC Radio Network. Sure, I've got my assignment. Get over to Vienna. Get to a member of the underground from behind the Iron Curtain who's carrying a very special newspaper containing information regarding the activities of foreign agents operating in the U.S., It's late Friday afternoon when my plane lands. I head straight for the cafe called the Black Eagle. A bartender points out the waiter I'm looking for. Ah, good afternoon, sir. You, Ziegler? At your service, sir. But please, all my customers call me Ziggy. My name is Mitchell, Steve Mitchell. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, This way, sir. I have an excellent table for you. I, I am worried, Mr. Mitchell. The man you are to meet, he has not arrived. He should have been here an hour ago. This table is satisfactory, sir? Oh, this is fine. A menu? Thanks. If uh, if I may make a suggestion... Feel free. A specialty of the house. Schwabische Fleisch. Delightful. Mm. Uh, no. Maybe I'd better look over the menu. Oh, as you wish, sir. What's the plan, Ziggy? The booth across the way. It has been reserved for a Mr. Kovac. He is to order apple strudel and coffee read his paper, and when he goes, he will leave the paper on the seat. I am to pick it up as I clear the table. Hey, coming in the front door, a little gent in a derby carrying a bundle under his arm. Oh, a bundle wrapped in newspaper. Yes, it could be, Kovac. The description fits perfectly. Excuse me, Mr. Mitchell. Uh, Good afternoon, sir. A table, a booth for you, perhaps? Uh, Not for the moment. I'm looking for a friend. Oh, yes, of course. I, uh... I do not see him. Perhaps I shall wait at the bar. Uh, waiter, if a gentleman should inquire, my name is Kovac. Oh, yes, Mr. Kovac. Thank you. What, what, what do you make of that, Mr. Mitchell? I don't know. Uh, that newspaper he had wrapped around the bundle. Yes, yes, the Osterreich Courier. I wonder if he fits the description of Kovac still. Hey, he... take a look. Oh, it seems our friend has changed his mind about a drink. He is going out. I'm going after him. Be careful. It may be a trap. I don't think so. I think that really was Kovac, that he spotted someone in here. What? Yeah, like those three gents who are following him out right now. See you later, Ziggy. Outside, I spot Kovac hurrying down the block, three gents moving after him fast. Suddenly, Kovac ducks in between a couple of parked cars, runs into the middle of the street as a truck starts up. He chases it a few yards, tosses the bundle into the back of the truck, and then, as he tries to jump aboard, he trips, falls flat on his face. Oh, no! Oh, that's poor man. Kovic. Kovic. You okay? Yes. Yes, I think so. Here, let me help you up. 
Thank you, Mr. Mitchell. The men chasing me, where? They ran right past you. They're after that truck. It was a package. If they catch up to it... They haven't. Look up the street. They're coming back empty-handed. Come on. Let's get out of here. We duck around the corner where Kovac's car is parked. He guns the little two-seater and we hightail it down the street. Then we cut back and try to pick up the trail of the truck. We crisscross the neighborhood over a ten-block area. Uh, it's no use, Mr. Mitchell. I'm afraid we have lost it. Look, you saw that truck approaching. You notice a sign on it of any kind, any lettering? Nothing. There was just a canvas top. The back was open. There were barrels inside beer, I think. That neighborhood back there where the Black Eagle is, it's a sort of a restaurant row, isn't it? Let's, let's get back there and start checking. We start from the Black Eagle Cafe. Kovac takes one side of the street, I take the other. Two beer gardens and six cafes later, I finally hit the jackpot. Why, yeah, yeah, there was such a delivery to my cafe, a dozen kegs of beer. Within the last half hour? Oh, some 20 minutes ago, perhaps. The truck was a six-wheeler, painted gray and dark canvas top. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is from Pfeffer's Brewery. Driver say where he is going from here? No, 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 he did not. Why, why all this excitement? So, Twelve kegs of beer are delivered to my cafe. Everyone is asking about it. You ask me questions, they ask me questions. They? Uh-oh. Three men, two of them wearing overcoats? Yeah, 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 that, that's right. They was here just before you were here. So why these questions, why? Ah, uh, never mind. How do I get to this Pfeffer's Brewery? Oh, Pfeffer's Brewery, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very simple. Three blocks this way, then left one. Uh, no, 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 no. No, two blocks this way. Two blocks left, then one block right, and two more left. No, no, four blocks. Wait, 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 wait. Back, back up. Three blocks, then you... <laughs> Why don't you take a taxi? Ten minutes later, I pull up at Pfeffer's Brewery and Warehouse. There are a dozen or more trucks parked along the side of the building on a narrow dock extending over the river. I give each of them a fast frisk. Nothing. Then I wander inside the warehouse. Hello. Anybody around? Yeah, yeah. He's around someone. What, what, what do you want? What? I'm uh, looking for one of your drivers. He made a delivery to Hauptmann's Cafe about a half an hour ago. Oh, oh. Huh? There were some men here a few minutes ago. They were asking about... Yeah, I figured the... that. Well? Uh, the driver is not here. He's on his route. What was his next stop after Hauptmann's? Oh, oh, that's Grafenbrunn. That's a village some 40 kilometers to the south. He is going to a place called the Grafenbrunn in... Okay, thanks for the... Inter- hey, get out, hey. get out. Under here. What is the meaning of this? this, this Somebody shooting? wants to what? make sure that I don't get the Grafenbrunn, or at least stall me off for a while. Oh, the, the, the shot came from that direction. Do you see someone there? No, oh, he's probably behind those barrels stacked up over there, and me without my bowling ball. Look, uh, move over, will you? Why? Why? There's a steady stream of beer trickling down my neck. Oh, yeah, the, the battles on the loading platform overhead. One of the bullets must have gone hey, right. Hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. The ramp from the platform, it's perfectly in line with our friend across the warehouse. Yeah, yeah, and so? So, if I can get up on the platform and roll one of those barrels down the ramp... No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Look, you want to get home, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Gretchen, my wife, uh, we are going to some music festival. To... And take your shoe off. But what did you say? Give, give me five slow seconds so I can get around back of this platform, then toss your shoe over in that direction. What, what is that? You are asking me to throw my shoes across the warehouse? Just to distract our friend's attention for a moment. Give me time to start that barrel rolling. Okay, start counting. All right. 
Eins, zwei, drei, vier. Oh. Yeah, thanks for the beer, Buster. Hold it now. Oh, Mitchell, wait. Covey. The noise, what happened? I just rolled a perfect strike. Oh, brother, you see anyone running down this pier? No one. How did you get here, Covey? Hauptmann's Café. You had already been there. I was told you'd come this way. What's happened in there, Mr. Mitchell? Those three friends of yours, Kovac. One of them was left behind to make sure I didn't follow the other two. Follow them? Yeah, to Grafenbrunn. Come on, let's get going. I ease in behind the wheel of Kovac's pint-sized jalopy, and she shoots down the street like a frightened rabbit when I step on the gas. We race out of Vienna into the countryside with Kovac showing me the way, and half hour later, we're rolling along a narrow road, a snake-like affair, winding into the mountains. Mitchell, look, up ahead. That yellow car? It's theirs. I'd know it anywhere. We've got to pass them. Pass them on this road, but so narrow, and the curves are so... Relax, Kovac. If I see an opening, I'm going through. I think I can get this thing around him. Oh, they spotted us. The windshield. You got a gun, Kovic? Yes, yes, I... Use it. Keep that gent in the back seat busy. I'm going to make a try at getting around them. Careful, Mitchell. He is swerving. Yeah, trying to crowd me off the road. Hold on to your hat, Kovic. Here we go. Our front tire. Look out, Mitchell. Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. In this national election year, one obligation of citizenship heads all the rest. The obligation of every qualified voter to go to the polls and vote. The ballot which you will receive this year is a symbol of your personal dignity. There is no man whose ballot is more important than yours, no man whose ballot will count for more. On election day, you have as much power, as much responsibility in the shaping of your country and your way of life as the wealthiest or most influential person. Don't ignore this priceless possession. Guard it and use it well. For only by the exercise of your right to vote can you ensure the maintenance of a government that will guarantee that right. Freedom demands that each of us carry out his duty as a citizen. Vote. Vote and don't forget to vote, carefully and intelligently. Know what your candidate stands for. Know not only what he promises, but what he has done in the past. Vote as you please, but vote. See you at the polls. Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Oh, Mr. Mitchell. Huh? Mr. Mitchell. Where are your wings? Oh, I assure you, you are still very much in the land of the living. I'm Hildegard. So? Sing something. What? You must have been struck in the head. No, I'm just naturally the corrugated type. Hey, look, how come you're here? And where is here? Well, I was driving along the road behind you. Your car slid down the embankment and burst into flames. But you and your friend were thrown free. Friend? Hey, Kovac. 
Oh, he's right over there. Is he dead? No, but he seems to be in some pain. You want me to help you? I think I'll be okay, thanks. How did you know my name? Well, at first I thought you were dead. Your wallet was half out of your pocket, so I, I took the liberty of looking. I see. Mitchell. Yeah, Kovic. How you doing? It is my knee. It feels like some ribs are broken. May I drive the two of you anywhere? Those men we were chasing, Mitchell... We might as well forget it, Kovac. They've got too big a lead on us now. They're bound to reach Grafenbrunn ahead of us. Come on, we've got to get you to a doctor. Hildegard drives us to the nearest village. The doctor says Kovac will be all right, but needs rest, so I leave him there and go back outside. Steve? Well... I thought you'd gone. Well, I started to leave, and then I remembered hearing you speak about being anxious to get to Grafenbrunn. I'm going through there. I could drop you off. Well, that's very thoughtful of you, Hildegard. Not at all. Get in. How's Mr. Kovac? He'll be okay. When will we get to Grafenbrunn? Only about one hour. Probably just about one hour too late. Getting near the outskirts of Grafenbrunn now, Steve. Okay. When we get in town, you might as well drop me off at... Hey. What's the matter? That car parked beside the road. The yellow one? Yeah. That's the one they were driving. Oh, these men you were trying to beat to Grafenbrunn. Yeah. Pull up beside it, will you? Oh, certainly. Eh. No sign of them anywhere. Wonder why they stopped here. I... Oh, oh. What is it? Looks like they... Yeah. Yeah, a hole in the gas tank. One of Kovic's bullets connected and they ran out of gas, which means if they had to hoof it into town from here, I've still got a chance. Come on. We race the rest of the way into Grafenbrunn. It takes us about five minutes to locate the inn. Hildegard drops me off in front, then... I spot a very beautiful sight in the alley beside the inn, the truck. The driver is busy sliding beer kegs down a chute that leads to the basement of the inn. Driver? Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, a friend of mine tossed a bundle on your truck. A bundle? Yeah, I want it. Where is it? Uh, this is a beer talk, not a bundle talk. Now, look, let's not start the double talk. I want that bundle. I don't know what you're talking about. Where is it? I don't see it in the truck bed anywhere. But I tell you, I don't know... Buster, I've just about broken my neck trying to get that bundle. I'm in no mood for stalling. Oh. Now, either you open up or I bounce you off that truck again. All right, all right. I didn't see any harm in it. After all, I'm not responsible if somebody wants to throw a bundle on my truck. Look, I'm not trying to make any trouble for you. All I want is that bundle, believe me. Up here in the diver's seat. It's just that the winters are so cold here. What do cold winters have to do with it? Plenty. Yeah, here you are. A suit of long underwear. Of course. That was what was in the bundle. Okay. Keep the longies with my compliments. Oh, thank you. Just give me the paper they were wrapped in. Uh, The paper? That newspaper. Oh, that. I threw it away. What? Yeah. Oh, great. But what could be so important about an old newspaper? Take my word for it, this one was plenty important. 
Well, this is just dandy. Well, now, don't get excited. If you want it, we'll get it. I only threw it down in the alley there in the gutter. What? Where? Oh, here, I'll show you. I'm afraid it'll be wet. You see, there's water in the gutter, and... That's uh, okay. I can dry it out. Let's see. I threw it out as I turned into the alley. It's right... Where is it? Why, I don't know. I'm certain I threw it out of the truck right about here. The water in the gutter is moving slowly. Oh, yeah, there it is. Hey, that looks like an entrance to a storm drain. Yeah, the paper, it's just about going to go down. Yeah. I got it. Oh, just in time. Nothing like a mud tack for beauty, they say. Well, come on back here to the truck. I have got some rags. You can die off. Okay. And I'll get out of here with this paper before those two other gents show up. Look, if when they do, Suppose tell them... Suppose you tell us, Mitchell. What? I see we've arrived just in time. You are most obliging to recover the newspaper for us. Now, look, I don't want to get mixed up in anything. Stay where you are. Carl! Hey, look, Hero. Why have the driver roughed up? He's got nothing to do with this. Unfortunately, both of you may have had an opportunity to read the information so cleverly concealed in the columns of the newspaper. So we shall have to take appropriate action. But first, give me the paper. I know as soon as I turn that paper over, the driver and I are both dead ducks. Then I spot something. The guy with the gun is standing at the rear corner of the truck and hanging down from the tarp that covers the truck is a rope that reaches to the ground. I said, give me the paper. I hold out the paper, but instead of giving it to him, I drop it to the ground near the free end of the rope. Mitchell! There it is, friend. You want it. You pick it up. Oh, no, Mitchell. I'm not going to fall with that old trick. You pick it up. He said just what I wanted him to say. I bend over as if to pick up the newspaper, but instead I grab the end of the rope and yank up. It snaps taut against his wrist. Ow! His shot goes wild. Before he can pull the trigger again, I connect with his jaw. He goes down and out, but I'm off balance. I sprawl back helplessly against the truck. His stooge comes lunging at me, but just then a foot shoots out and hooks his ankle. He lands face first and doesn't move. So, one hit in the face deserves another. It sure does. I'll say you paid the account in full. That was quick footwork. My only problem now is... What to do with him to put him out of the way long enough for me to get back to Vienna with this newspaper? Well, you can ride back with me. As to what to do with these two, uh, a suggestion. Feel free, magic toe. Uh, perhaps, uh... Oh, they shoot into the basement. Mm, why not? Why not, indeed. <laughs> Come on, give me a hand. Oh. One down. Next. Yeah. Here. They make a pretty picture, draped around those beer kegs down there. Oh, the trap door, huh? Yeah, and the padlock. Yeah. Yeah, that should keep them, as you say, out of the way. Yeah. Well, they started out okay, but didn't end up so good. Matter of fact, you might say we're leaving them over a barrel. star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. Each and every night of the week, you'll find the finest radio entertainment is yours for the listening on the NBC radio network. For example, Tuesday night. Right here at the NBC spot on your radio dial each Tuesday, you can hear some of the finest comedy on the air by the nation's top entertainers. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis provide 30 minutes of laugh-packed comedy and marvelous music. Red Skelton adds to the enjoyment each Tuesday with his mirthful show... 
And Fibber McGee and Molly top off the comedy with another amusing episode from Wistful Vista. And now, each Tuesday evening over most NBC stations, you can hear the Hoosier comedian Herb Schreiner in a brand new quiz game, Two for the Money. So why not make Tuesday a top entertainment day in your week by setting your radio dial to the NBC spot and listening to all these marvelous shows. There's the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show, Fibber McGee and Molly, the Red Skelton show, and Herb Schreiner with Two for the Money, all adding up to wonderful radio entertainment on Tuesdays over most NBC stations where the three chimes mean fine radio entertainment. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Welcome back. One thing you have to appreciate about Dangerous Assignment is how they have to work out the plot resolution to give Steve the ability to use a pawn out of it. To me, I think it might have been easier writing for The Man Called X because Ken Thurston could deliver a speech without the plot having to play out in a certain way. But here, you gotta give Steve something to work with from the actual events of the story. Now, for 1952, this seemed weird that we've had this situation in Austria. Given that I was pretty sure they weren't uh, behind the Iron Curtain. So I did some research. And Austria actually continued to be occupied by the great powers until the signing of the Austrian State Treaty in 1955. It's just uh, amazing to realize the sort of situation prevailed for so long with this occupation. Uh, in terms of the story, it does appear the underground may want to rethink its uh, so clever method of communicating, since the whole idea of using the newspapers was that the communists, excuse me, uh, Eastern Bloc people, <laughs> didn't know about it. On another note, I have to say that the timing of the how about you take a taxi line was just beautiful. I really love the delivery on that one. As I had gotten hopelessly lost uh, just listening, and I'm sure Steve was as well. Well, we don't have any specific listener comments and feedback this week, but I did want to thank James for giving the episode Nazi Fugitive Captain Schiller a five-star rating on Good Pods. Uh, thank you so much, James. Appreciate you taking the time to do it. And now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Michael. Michael's been one of our Patreon supporters since March of 2016, currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Michael. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Dangerous Assignment, but join us back here tomorrow for Mr. Chameleon, where... $10,000 is gone and John Maddox is dead. Whoever murdered John took the money too. So nobody's ahead of the game now. Except John's widow, Barbara. What do you mean by that? Well, she comes out fine. 
Barbara Maddox inherits $50,000. What? From her husband? No, 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 not from John. How could he have anything to leave when we were going into bankruptcy? But Barbara had a crackpot uncle who left a very strange will. What was that, Mr. Bentley? If John died, Barbara was to get $50,000. As long as John lived, she'd be taken care of by him, her uncle figured. But if she was alone in the world, she'd need the inheritance. Only she wasn't very well taken care of, was she? And $50,000 is a lot of money. Mr. Chameleon, are you implying that Barbara had something to do with John's death? Her own husband? You're the one who implied it, Mr. Bentley. That isn't so. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.